have people that are going to level you up and bring you up. You do not want to be the smartest or best person in the room. You want to be the one who doesn't know enough but wants to. And that's if you're ready for change. Now, if you're not ready for change, it's a different story. But if you're wanting to uplevel your career, you're wanting to make big leaps financially, who are you around and how are they impacting you? Hey, y'all, welcome back. This is Will Work for Podcasts. My name's Brennan Bolin, and I'm joined this week, or every week, by <laughs> Daniel Thornton. <laughs> this week and every week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's me, Daniel Thorne. Always, always here to host and help with Will Work for Podcast. There it is. <laughs> uh, Instagram at Will Work for Podcast. Will Work for Podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead. You know, as always, reach out, like, and subscribe. Ah, uh, okay. How, how are you doing? This week, I, I took to heart a lot of what Amanda told us to. So, like, I had I listened to the secrets for a millionaire mind. And, I, you know, like, it's, it is a lot of mindset stuff, but I think there's some. There's some really clear through lines that I was hearing in the book. And a lot of it had to do with what are my beliefs, right, around around money. And so one of them that I recognized, like, you know, I, I had my mom take the quiz too. She also came up with the money is scarce as a mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I really started hearing when I was like listening to this book on audiobook, right, which was helpful while I'm working, is this idea that I have never had a goal for myself in terms of what I wanted to earn. And more importantly, I think like I, there, there's one one specific like recommendation he has that I think is kind of cool. And it's this idea of like once a month, pamper yourself and pamper yourself in a way that makes you feel good and is 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 ignoring maybe some of those other red flags that so often come up. Those little voices that are like, oh, I, I shouldn't. I can't. Right. You know, what happens if I do this? And instead, it's like, no, no, no. Normalize how you feel when you invest in yourself in this way. You know, he, he had a couple examples, you know manicure, pedicure, the spa, massage, like whatever it is that you want, you know, it could be a concert. But I think that's a cool tradition to kind of have is like a reminder of like, I'm, I'm worth it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, totally. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think that's a great, um, I think that's a great thing. It's, it's interesting hearing your perspective on money as well, because I think it's so that's, I delved a little deeper, kind of like you, into, uh, you know, taking the quiz, reading some of the material and trying to kind of understand. I think that there was like a prompt in one of the things to like have a conversation with your partner about money. Yeah, about it. Yeah. And so like me and Cara like sat down and like had a di- like a real discussion about like how we feel about money and what does that mean for our futures? I think Amanda specifically too kind of opened my eyes about how me and Kara both look at money differently and why and how we need to like reconcile with that in order to move forward with real aspirational goals of having that, uh, you know, working towards a singular opportunity or whatever, whatever we decide to, it to be, you know, the idea of like setting like a budget and like, you know, the, you know, setting up those systems and structures, th- that's the, the tangible actions that you can take. Right. But I think to your point, that's not what is this other side, which is really like making sure that you understand what you're doing and why. Right. Right. 
Yeah. And yeah, like I think it, it is it is a it's a reframing from what I have done in the past for sure. Yeah, because I think also you can get caught up in those systems because you can just say, Oh, we're we're putting away money, so we are being productive when you both may not know what you're putting away money for. Cause I kind of initially when we were putting away money, be like, oh, we're doing this for a six month saving and Kara was like, well, that's boring. Actually, this comes up in in the book as well in a way that I thought was, uh, I haven't thought of it. So he makes this comment of if you're always saving for a rainy day, this is kind of the manifestation stuff, but if you're always saving for a rainy day, that what comes is rainy days. Like in essence, like you're preparing yourself for all of the, these challenges and needs. Right. So he's like, he just kind of reframed it. He's like, what if you're, instead of saving for a rainy day, you're saving I don't know, for, for that that trip or you're saving for that opportunity. You're saving to not have to work anymore. Right. To your point, I think having the the six month emergency fund, that's its own whole like thing, right? That's just financial stability in, in kind of a way. But this other mindset, because that's that's all of our savings. Our savings are all for our quote unquote rainy day fund. And I laughed because I'm like, I'm that person. I'm that person that's only saving for the tragedies that are coming. And I'm like, and no wonder we have a travel account and it's never gotten any money. Like no money goes into it. Cause like it's just so, so, you know, I think, I think, yeah, the more that you dig in, it's funny what you end up seeing and hearing, you know? Yeah. And I hearing that and seeing, you know, I kind of blocked car out and just being like, no, no, no. Like this is more important than your idea. Cause I essentially told her you can pretend like we're saving for a bar or whatever, but like for me, I'm going to be saving for the six months. Like it's just a note for our listeners, not for them to go to the bar that they, they may start a bar. I just wanted to clarify that <laughs> just to own a bar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like for me, it's just a number, but I thought it was pretty clear when talking to Amanda and like reading some of these materials that you can't just say that you can't just say it's a number because it has to mean something mm. in order to like have the value. Yeah. Actually have value and actually be um, able to uh, have impact on your life. But yeah, uh, guys, we do not have a rejection letter of the week. Uh, unfortunately, we want to keep that segment going, but we will also want to increase uh, listener participation and be able to really hear from you guys and interact with you guys more. So we're kind of trying to come up with another segment to figure out how that's going to be. Know that we want to hear from you. We're at willworkforpodcast at gmail.com. That's willwork, the number four, podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Anchor. You can message us there. You know, we want to hear from you and we'll go from there and we'll just try to be hearing and listening to you more. But until that happens, uh, I guess on with the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, seriously, though, we need like some reviews. So if you want to go in there and just like, you know, write down something, maybe it was something you, you liked, you didn't like, something you want to learn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut all that because that's not what we're doing. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're joined this week by Liz Passaran. She's a licensed therapist, life coach and speaker who helps people let go of what they should do and embrace what they feel connected with. And so her work, she really helps people walk away from their kind of feeling those unfulfillment pieces that we've talked about and start cultivating a life that they want, which is pretty cool. So thanks for being on with us this week. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Um, I'd be curious in your own journey, there's there's a bit of a story here. And so you're kind of in this process of, of switching from a more you know therapy-based model to, to coaching. 
And I'm just kind of curious how and why that came about. Yeah, good question. Um, it's a, it's a bigger story, so I'll try and keep it brief. But I basically was the person, the kid uh, in college, who just always did what everyone told her to do. Um, so I, I was told go to college, get the four year degree, um, get a good job with benefits, and so I just did all of that. And I also never felt like I was any special skilled person. Um, I never felt like I was really that good at anything. And so finding a major in college and and figuring out like what career path was really tricky. So one thing I knew I was good at was working with people. I always felt like I could have good conversation. I became everyone's pseudo therapist in life. And that seemed to be easy for me. And I just chose the easy route. So I got my bachelor's in psychology and then I didn't know what else to do. When you graduate, you can't get much with a bachelor's there. So I kept going on and I just got my master's and I knew I was good at it. I enjoyed it for the most part. But then when I got actually through the schooling, which is grueling and you get on the other side, you're in this place of wait a minute, did I do that for myself? Did I actually enjoy it? And do I want to keep doing it? I do like therapy. I do believe tremendously in the work that can be done in therapy. But I also recognize that the traditional therapeutic training and style didn't really align with my creative businessy vibe <laughs> that I, I, I was kind of more attracted to. So I was doing therapy. I was working in, in severe mental health. Um, I worked in schools, in pu the public sector. And I mean, you're overworked and underpaid. We know that. And it was draining. It was grueling. It was painful. And I'm in my late 20s thinking, I'm already burned out. How am I supposed to maintain this for 25 plus years? There's no way. And so I, I decided to work in private practice. And that in and of itself, you know, you have to decide, are you going to take insurance? Are you going to do the healthcare route? And it's, it's a whole thing. But then I kind of decided, what other options are there? You know, I, I don't feel like that's, that's the ticket. So I went back to therapy myself. I had to work through some own stuff. And then I also decided to hire my own life and business coach to see what options I had and how can I change the trajectory of my future so I'm not miserable and I'm not burned out and I can make something out of just this average girl. How can I make something bigger and better? So that's where coaching came in. And that kind of was this really cool out-of-the-box idea for what I thought at the time, seemed out-of-the-box, really isn't, but a way for me to use my therapy skills and also kind of broaden it and make it my own. I went from this traditional overworked, underpaid mental health work to then abundant, exciting, helpful, impactful, service-based work, and I love it. It's always cool when people find the place that they're they're trying to find themselves in. Yeah. With your work, you you talk a lot about it as uh, as purpose based coaching, and so I guess one of the questions is we we hear that word a lot, and so like what is what is purpose? Like how do you define it, and how do you help people find it? Purpose is a is a catchy word, especially right now. I would define it in two ways. I think that purpose is external, big picture purpose, like why do we exist, and why are we here, and what is purpose of life itself. That's big purpose. And then little purpose is what is the meaning in my daily life? What am I trying to do to get fulfillment and feel content and satisfied with the life I live every day? 
So I think it's kind of two pieces where you've got this external existential big question and then you also have your daily life of what matters to you and what feels intentional and right for your lifestyle. Well, I was just going to continue that thought of purpose because I think a lot of people would say, you know what? I don't need somebody to tell me what my purpose is. Like, I get it. I want more money. I got. I want a bigger house. Like, I know what I think my purpose is, but why are... Well, I think that's external, right? That's external desire. That's not of wanting to have a big house or wanting to have these items. I don't think that's anyone's purpose. I think purpose is more inner. What keeps you going for meaning without all of that? And I, I think people get lost in the chase of getting things and titles and greater success, which definitely, you know, it has its its role and it has, I mean, I, that's why I did the work I did. I wanted to have more meaning, but I think it's also what is it that drives you if you didn't have any of those things? Would you still do it if you weren't paid? Would you still stay in this relationship if it wasn't for the financial gain? Like what is the meaning and what is the connection to keep you going, if that makes sense? Yeah. Could you take us through one of your exercises that you do? Like, how do you kind of help people start to do that processing? Mm. So one of the very first things I have all my clients do is do a values exercise where I actually have them take, and it's really hard and it, and they struggle through it, but I have them get this big sheet of paper and we, I actually have a values list within my website, but I will have anyone go Google values sheet. And all they are are words like, You know, they're going to be words like respect and adventure and honesty and structure or security. Those are those are words that people value and things people value. And so what I have people do is highlight as many words that align with them and no one else. And this is where it gets hard is everybody has been trained externally to value certain things in our society, like money, like Uh, a 401k, um, like Christmas holidays at home with those, what are those um, like Hallmark movies? Like all the chicks love those Hallmark movies, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like she leaves a big city and she falls in love with some ridiculously good looking cowboy on a TV screen. Hey, my grandmother loves those Hallmark movies. All right. Sweet home Alabama. I think that's a pretty classic. Yeah. I'm the girl who likes that trash. I totally (laughs) do. I fall for it every Christmas, but like that's a cultural thing, especially here in America. And I have people sit down and highlight all the things just right off the cuff If it's not gut-wrenching, like, yes, that I care about, then you don't highlight it. Then we have to go through it and we process, is this something that you personally value or is this something you were taught to value? And we kind of break that difference. And the difference is how it sits within you. Do you feel like, oh, yeah, I value Christmas because I would, my grandma and my mom would be so mad at me if I didn't show up? Or... Actually, I really value Christmas because I freaking love the spirit of the holiday and I just want to decorate and I personally love it. So that's a very simple example, but we go through the values and then we lower them and lower them and lower them until you have about nine core values. Those are your innate personal values that have nothing to do with anyone else, but those are what matter to you in your life and they impact the direction of decisions you're going to make in your life. And and that would result in, you know, deciding to find what's purposeful, what really matters, what you give a shit about, and then what you're going to create 
with the things that you care about. I could see that being a really helpful process, especially that challenging of like what is actually yours that you've that is personal to you versus the one that's kind of, you know, you've been given by family or other external influences. One of the things that I've seen you you mention in, in your work is this concept of a through line and that there's this idea that you're helping people connect some of these values that you just identified into kind of the rest of their life. And so could you explain that a little bit? Like, what is this and like, what what meaning does that bring people? Yeah, no, I love that you you understood through lines. So the concept of a through line actually comes from writers when you are writing stories. And I had a friend who is an author and a writer, and she actually mentioned the word through line to me. And I asked her, what does that mean? And she said, think of when there's a book, you read the whole book, and there's all kinds of kind of mini stories within the book bigger picture of the whole book. And when you finish the book, there's this whole theme at the end that you're getting. Now, if you think of, I don't know, any kind of movie, like I just recently watched The Patriot. I don't know why, the Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> but what what's, you know, there's all these stories, right? But what's the theme, the through line that they want you to get across, that you want to feel? And that is like the American spirit and freedom, right? That's like the true through line of that story. And if we want to think of a chick flick, the notebook, that love conquers all. No matter what craziness can happen in your life, the through line is love will always show up. And so when you think of a through line in our lives, instead of just a book or a movie, that there's these themes that we have within us. They relate to our personality, our natural born skill set, what we're gifted at, and what we enjoy. And those things, even no matter what job you have, how old you are, where you're at in life, married, divorced, kids, no kids, you have a through line of that piece of you that never really changes. And that, when we can tap into what are those gifts, your personality, your skill sets, and your desires, that is what we ultimately want to bring to the forefront and create. And that's living a purposeful life when you can tap into your through line and you can actually make something from it. Would you consider yourself more of a life coach or like a career coach? Yeah, I know I've I've seen it kind of both on your. The question I'm having is somebody who would like see hear this and like even read your your website and stuff like that would be like, "Well, that's great and all, but like I need a job and like I don't have time for this internal like just internal uh through line to figure out like I need to I need to get somewhere wherever it is so I guess what would your if you were to talk to somebody directly like that like I can I can have uh, an example of that as my my uh, cousin you know she's just trying to look for a job and she she's been trying to find herself for a really long time and that's and that's been a struggle for her but I think if I gave her like a choice of I'll give you this job or I can help you find yourself she'd be like I'm, I'm gonna take this job so what would what would you say to something like that? Well, I would say take the job so that you can take the stress off your plate. And when you take stress off your plate, then you can do inner work. But you can't do inner work when you're just super freaking stressed and you're just trying to pay your bills. So I would say that I do I am both because I can have a client come to me and say, "Liz, I just need a job right now." And I'm going to say, "Great. What are your skills? What is your natural born talent? You you know that. It's whatever's easy to you." Um, and tell me your past history. Let's break that down. Let's see what's in the market. Let's make something. And we can be really strategic and, um, and get, you, get you hired. I think my calling is more 
okay, you've got the job. Now you aren't loving your job. You're not loving your work. You're wanting more out of life. Let's go deeper. And this is something that I've noticed and I experienced this too. I just needed the the job and I needed the insurance and I needed the benefits to take that immediate pressure off of me because I needed to have my basic safety met. Like I needed to just make sure I had a roof over my head, food in my fridge, and I could do a job. And, And then once I had that met, I could start doing more expansive exploratory work. But if you don't have that basic job, then let's get your get that done first. That's number one. Then from there, we can move on. Well, so let, let's walk through that process of support that you help people kind of to design and implement this, this career path that they're looking for. If say someone came to you today, uh, you know, they hypothetically, they've been in a career for about five or 10 years. They recognize that similar concepts that you've talked about, maybe they're burned out, maybe they're bored, maybe they're not sure where to go next. Like what are some specific steps that, that they can start walking in this new direction? Maybe they're bald. Nothing wrong with that. So I think it's really a moment in time where when you get to that point and you're burned out and you're bald and burned out, you know? Two Bs. It's rough. (laughs) (laughs) That you really recognize something needs to change. And there's the... There's the little daily changes that we have to make, and then there's the bigger life changes that we have to make. Just like when I was talking about like big purpose versus little purpose, what ends up happening is the daily little things we do ultimately create our whole big life, and we get so wrapped up in the little things. So we tackle those little things first. What is it that right now is making you miserable at your job, within your relationship, So I really talk specifically and customize it to my client, but we always start with understanding our own values, understanding, I like to use the word essence and through line, explaining that, working through that, getting to know ourselves on a greater level of what we envision our life to look like. We, I can, one thing I can guarantee is it's not going to look like exactly how you imagined, but it's probably going to become better if you're open to it and if you're willing to do the work. So I have clients really step into figuring out those essential um, pieces of themselves. And then we start categorizing options. So we look at the things in their life that have to be met. So say you have kids, you need to live in a certain area, a certain community. We keep those solid priorities as number one and they don't change. And then we navigate around that of what can be flexible. Is it the industry itself that can change? Is it that you need to stay in your industry, but your focus needs to change? Or, you know, is it the finance piece that needs to change? What is what is the flexible piece? And we start exploring that and coming up with solutions. I'm all about strategy and I'm all about structure. So even though I kind of sound woo-woo on some fronts, I do ex- expect that you're going to have processes and structures and a plan because we can talk all day about our emotions and this is where therapy in coaching differ. We can talk all day about our emotions, but at the end, if we don't have a plan of action to move through it, we're not going to move. So sometimes people get stuck in therapy because they don't know how to get out of the talking and into the movement. And that's where accountability, routine, setting timelines, small bite-sized goals 
that's where that comes in. That's definitely something that resonates with a lot of the conversations we've had, especially uh, we have a friend in particular. I think whenever we hear the word routine, we always think of because of the fact that he has built his whole lifestyle around it. That's that's how he functions. He's a robot. <laughs> we definitely like to call in and, and have some tangible pieces for, for our listeners to take away. And are, are there any like tools or resources that you found to be like most impactful, either on your own journey or or those that when you work with your clients? I know we have the the values chart, I think is one that definitely will we'll find one and link to, but uh, anything else that you would kind of throw out there and say like, this is something people should should know about? I think one thing is, is actually community. One of the first exercises I actually have clients do is write down their network, the top five people they spend the most time with. And then the, the immediate, we actually do it in like a circle. So if you draw a circle of yourself in the middle, who are your, your core people? Mm. Look at them, not as the people you love, <laughs> but look at them as, and this is kind of difficult, but look at them as support for your growth. How are they supporting you? What do they do with their life? Are they lifting you up? Or are they leaving you still? Or are they bringing you down? And then expand. Who's in your network? Who and, and make it greater and greater and greater, larger and larger and larger, until you have like strangers that are just random Facebook people. Nobody wants those people, though. No one wants them. We cross them out immediately. And then I tell <laughs> everyone to like go unfriend them because why are they there? To just be trolls on like meme trolls. Uh. But that exercise can help you really see if you're wanting to make change, you need to bring that energy not just within yourself but around you. Have people that are going to level you up and bring you up. You do not want to be the smartest or best person in the room. You want to be the one who doesn't know enough, but wants to. And that's if you're ready for change. Now, if you're not ready for change, it's a different story. But if you're wanting to up-level your career, you're wanting to make big leaps financially, who are you around and how are they impacting you? And that's a huge takeaway that I had. And it was very surprising because I had all these people in my life. I wasn't really hanging with people that were going to help me shift my career in the way I wanted. And I had a little bit of a shock to my system when I realized, oh my gosh, I actually don't have the people in my life that I really want. So how the hell do I go out and find them? That was where I got strategy with my coach to make connections and build community. And uh, to be honest, now have a totally different network of friends, even in my close inner circle, they're completely different people. I, I wonder, what's that conversation you have with that person when you want to engage them into, I want to change my life, I want to change my career? Do you have those conversations? How do you deal with that? Like, are you asking if my client comes to me and I'm talking to my client? Talking to your client, like you're talking to me, you're like, we've identified nine people that you really want to be your tribe, you know, like your hoorah, like be able to help you through this transition. Once you've identified those people, what do you do with them? Mm, okay. Yeah. So it can it can vary on if you already have them in your life or not. I didn't have them in my life initially. And so what I did was then I I went back to like honestly schoolgirl stuff where I reached out to those people because these were people that weren't not they didn't know me. Like some of the people that I wanted in my network, they didn't know me. And so I reached out and I specifically asked them if I could interview them, if I could take them out to coffee, take them out to lunch, ask them some questions and learn from them. And most people, honestly, when when they get a free I, I will totally go for a free lunch anytime. But if like anytime somebody would 
ask me, hey, I would love to support you and I'd love to send business to you or I'd love to support your cause or whatever the hell it is. Let me take you out to lunch. Could I ask you some questions and learn from you? I've had pretty good success with people giving me the time of day. Not always, but for the most part. And then supporting them and seeing how you can give them something and building that relationship in a genuine way. So I would find people that I genuinely wanted to to have connections with. I genuinely wanted relationships with these people. And I really supported their causes and interests and whatever. And so I started connecting through that. And then from there, building out that relationship to not just a more professional way, but a personal way. But that takes some time. So it's not always overnight. Now, if you just purely want it to be professional networking, yeah, take, buy them a coffee, keep it really professional and see how you can support them and they can support you. But can you, once you have that person, did you identify anyone in your life that you said, hey, this is a person that is actually my cornerstone and I need to have like a specific conversation about with them about my career or goals or whatever? Yes. I mean, I did have certain people in my life and I did talk to them and I sat down. I actually had one particular friend who she was just crushing it and and making big goals but I wasn't super close with her and I reached out and I said, "Hey, I admire you and I would like this is kind of what I'm trying to do and what I'm wanting to do with my life and I would love to, you know, see how we can support each other." And I was really honest. I think if you're honest and you're positive and you have belief in others, like people freaking appreciate that and they will support you too. So yes, I did have a conversation with her. I talked about it. I was honest about it and I didn't keep anything secret. I think something I've I've learned with some business coaches and coaches in the world say like, keep everything super close to your chest and don't tell anyone. But if you're trying to build something bigger than what you even know is possible, you have to share it with people that have already gone and done it before you. Otherwise, you're never going to get there and you're not going to have good advice or good guidance. So if you can tell these people, hey, this is what I want to do. I actually want to own my own business. I actually, I have no clue how to do it, but you're doing it. Tell me how to do it. Like, Where should I go? What should I do? Who should I study? What should I learn? Then you're going to start learning the process to make that happen. And that goes with anything. So I don't think it's true that you should keep everything close to your chest. I think blasting it on Facebook and social media is different. But if you're able to to share it and, and be vulnerable and tell these people really what you're wanting, you'll get a pretty positive response. If people want to find you and you know if, if what you say resonates and they'd like to work with you in this way, um, where can they go? So you can find me on my website at lizpasarin.com. Hopefully it'll be in the show notes. So don't, I don't have to spell that rough last name. <laughs> or you can find me on Instagram at lizpasarin. And I am on Facebook too at lizpasarin life coaching. Always send me a DM. Never be afraid to, to drop me a message. I will always respond and love to start conversations and see how people need to be supported and what we can do to make things happen. Cool. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. No, it's been great. Thanks for the time, guys. I I really enjoyed the through line. That's kind of the one thing that I really thought that I never heard before is like, and and I've heard it before, but not in such a, like an eloquent fashion about how you, how do you connect the pieces? Like that's the real thing, right? Like that's what a through line is. How do you connect the pieces to make uh, sure that you're headed in the right direction? And Cara was really great at this when we were trying to 
think about the next stages of my career is like, do these things actually like add up to what you want them to do? Because I think a lot of people say, oh, well, I'll go get a master's in this specific thing. And then they get that master's and they realize that that specific thing wasn't actually what you wanted. And you're going through that right now. So I guess the through line is like a really helpful tool to actually understand and for somebody to talk to you about what does, what are you actually trying to accomplish? Yeah. What is it? What's the overall theme that that's that you're seeing or feeling or wanting? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the, the concept of like, what are my values keeps coming up because I think for myself and in my home, there's a lot that I'm still struggling with or still trying to identify as like, what, maybe the same concept, like what, what do I want? Right in the way that I want it. I think that's the big piece. And I think that's where maybe I will like reflect on more too, is this idea of like, you know, just making choices that are really not just like what I want, but in the way that I want to do it. And I think that's a radical difference in a little bit. And I heard kind of as, as a piece of this, right. Is, you know, not just knowing the value or the activity or maybe the discipline, you know, that you're looking for the role, but also in the implementation piece in the, in the lifestyle piece and like, what does that look like too? So that's, that's something I'll think about. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually having that start to sink into my brain <laughs> and it's taken a long time. I'm, I, I don't, and I still don't really quite comprehend it completely, but I, it's there, I guess. Well, we, well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we do, we do not, know how to land this this about but we are trying and we will keep working for you guys everybody have a great week and uh, keep on keeping on